Jaguars rookie minicamp is complete. A couple of days out there with media accessibility. It was fun just to get back out on the game field and uh, watch some new members of the Jacksonville Jaguars, including their 13 rookies, the most in the 2023 NFL draft. Great to have you with us. Death Packers and Duval alongside Hayes Carline. My name is Rick Ballou. First things first, before we talk about these rookies, let's say hello to our sponsor. Yeah, appreciate John Spicklemeyer at Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency. Give him a call at 471-7155 for all your car insurance needs. Again, give him the chance to try and save you some money. Uh, he has saved me hundreds of dollars, uh, including just recently when my policy like changed and we had to go you know, shop for a new one, and, and John did, and his team did a great job of it. Uh, so give him a call, 471-7155. Make sure you're not spending too much for your car insurance. Make sure your policy is as efficient as it can be. Again, that's John Spicklemeyer, Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency, 471-7155. Yep, Rick, I... I think it's a good-looking group. I mean, obviously, you know, we got to have the pads go on. We've got to see them going up against the veterans. I understand all that, but you got, you know, you and I have seen a lot of these. So, I mean, you you can certainly get a sense of are they on the right track with the kind of frames that they've brought in, the kind of athletes they've brought in, uh, and you know, and I think you get some idea of the the mental makeup uh, because obviously we're all doing interviews, and so you, you're st- you. Not only are you getting experience, I know you talked to uh, Antonio Johnson. I had chance to talk to Parker Washington. Our buddies, you know, in, in other media circles, caught up with other players. So you get a sense of you know the the mental makeup of the group as well. And you know, it's obviously it's incredibly early, but first impression, I'm very encouraged. Yeah, and I would be as well. It, it feels like it's a very athletic group, uh, a group with a lot of length. Uh, also, another group that is uh, intelligent and character uh, is high. And, you know, that's been a trait with Trent Bulky. Uh Heck, it was even really, believe it or not, it was highly introduced by Urban Meyer about leadership and character. And certainly it's continued now uh, with Doug Peterson. And, you know, sometimes I often wonder, is that a little bit misleading? Because the bottom line is you just want guys to go out there and play football. But it feels like the, the guys that they've gone out and selected all seem to have uh, similar traits. Uh, I like what I saw, and I always like what I see in these camps. And I, I think you should, because we're talking about professionals here, and we're talking about guys that are healthy, guys who have not taken any hits, guys that are ready to go. It's their first impression that they make towards the staff, so you know they're going to give it their all. But I just can't overlook what I saw uh, with Tank Bigsby. Uh, incredible lower body, a guy with some serious burst as well. Uh, major uh, criticism, I guess, would be uh, his hands. You go back and look at all the scouting reports. They'll tell you he's not a third down back. They'll tell you he struggles catching the football. And he looked good in both days. On, on Saturday, he caught three touchdown passes. And on a couple of those, he really extended the hands and made uh, some, you know, a very nice reception on both of those. So if that's his biggest flaw, obviously he's aware of it. And he's been working very hard at that during the offseason. So that was encouraging to see what he was able to do in that aspect. Yeah, absolutely, and and Tank Bigsby was was certainly one of the bigger stories uh, uh, of the two days in terms of you know how he looked, and and, and again we can project what his role is going to be. I mean, he's going to be the second back here. I mean, there's no doubt about it. They just selected him in the third round. Now, 
I don't think he's going to push ETN and cut into ETN's carries, which really weren't that much last year anyway. He he ran the ball 220 times. They did a good job of managing him. Uh, but you have basically 80 carries that James Robinson had that are gone uh, from last year. You've got about 40 to 50 other carries that other backs had uh, that I think now go to Bigsby. Uh, so, I mean, I think he's I think he's got a chance to have a role where – and again, the Jaguars are probably going to have more leads than they had last year as well, which is going to lead to more uh, end-of-game running. So I think he's got a chance to carry the ball 120, 140 times this year. And, I mean, that is that gives you a chance to make an incredible impact as a rookie. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see how that works. I mean, again, I don't think he's a third down back. I think he gets a series. And you see ETN on the sideline. Or they bring Travis in on third down and – and, you know, if they run the ball and keep picking up first downs, whatever, if they pick up a first down on the air, uh, does Bigsby stay out for that particular drive? That's going to be fascinating to observe. I'll say this, my opinion, you know, when Robinson was still part of the team, I, we were wondering whether or not ETN could handle 20 touches again, you know, 20 combined uh, rushing and receiving. And when he proved that, and then there was one or two times, and I'd have to look back at the exact same numbers, but he went really north of 20. I think he had a, a 25 or maybe a 26-touch performance. And in my opinion, Hayes, Doug Peterson was kind of like, his facial expression and body language was kind of like, whoa, that's enough. You know, we want yeah. ETN 18 to 20. We don't want ETN 25 to 26. That's what I got out of it. I'm not sure if that's what you got. But I think that that's one of the major reasons why he, along with Trent Bulky, said, even though if you look at all the positions of need, running back probably wasn't up there. Honestly, I would have selected a slot corner or an edge. But I think that's the thinking that they don't want ETN to get the ball as much as he did in some of those games. Yeah, no question about it. And, and the other thing, too, with ETN is, look, yes, he held up last year. But he also is uh, two years removed from a Liz Frank injury. So, I mean, you just don't know. He obviously had a lot of wear and tear uh, from his career at Clemson. Uh, you don't become the ACC's all-time leading rusher unless you were getting the ball an awful lot. Uh, and so, you know, I, I think it – I wouldn't have done it either. It wouldn't have been a direction I would have gone in the third round uh, as well because I, it felt more like a luxury pick than, uh, you know, a, a core need selection. But I, I will say now that it's here and, and that sort of – you know, goes you know out the window. Now it's just really about okay. Well, how's he going to be employed here? I, I mean, I, I think he absolutely has an opportunity. I uh, and I and I do think that Etn isn't a back that gets stronger as the game goes along. I think he's more of a a slasher. He's a good player, obviously. I, uh, but I, I think I think Bigsby does give you a little bit of that, and I will be intrigued to see. Look, they may even use them both on the field at the same time. I mean, if you're a defense mm-hmm. and and they come out in the huddle with ETN and uh, Bigsby, and then ETN, you know, they both line up in the backfield and ETN bounces into the slot. I, I mean, that's not the easiest thing to cover in terms of are they going to hand it to Bigsby? Are they going to throw something really short to ETN in space? Maybe it's ETN on you bring him in motion and give him the ball that way uh, with Bigsby kind of going the opposite direction. I mean, it it creates some potential issues uh and and so i'm i'm really intrigued to see uh 
what Bigsby can bring. And, and again, Etienne's not a good short yardage back either. Uh, at least we haven't seen a lot of indications of that. So I think, you know, Bigsby is is obviously a more physical runner. So I, I, I think they have a chance to be a, a really dynamic combination. Again, is it what I would have done? I probably wouldn't have done it. Uh, but obviously they think Tank Bigsby could be a really electric running back. And look, the history says you take a running back in the third round, it's got a chance to be a really special player because of how the position's been de-emphasized. So uh, they're, they're worse problems to have if Tank Bigsby ends up becoming a, a standout running back and you've got one already in Travis Etienne. Yeah, and that becomes an incred- uh, incredibly pleasant problem. And, you know, I, I think we both agree that, that Doug Peterson is always going to be a, a, a pass-first uh, coach as opposed to running. Uh, but I, I do think when he eventually has his offense running the way that he wants it to, completely running the way that he wants it to, there's going to be more emphasis on, on tight ends catching the ball and on backs driving the ball as well out of the backfield. I mean, Jacksonville had a winning record a year ago. It's pretty incredible. You look back at their numbers, they threw it nearly 600 times, and they ran it 448 times. I I think this may be a year where, you know, can you take that 600 and drop it to maybe 550 pass attempts and take those 450 and maybe up that to just over 500 or, or so. It's, it's, it's difficult to have a 50-50. Only a couple of teams do that in today's NFL, but I, I think this organization, if they do get leads, uh, does have that opportunity. Uh, what did you think on the defensive side? What did you make out of Yasir Abdullah? I think he's got great length. Uh, he's squatty, uh, so he's got a unique body type. Uh, but there's, I, I mean, I can see a little bit of Yannick Ngakwe in him. I mean, in terms of the length and uh, the the frame, um, you know, I, I'm I'm going to be really intrigued to see once we get the pads on in camp and we're seeing those one on one battles, how he handles tackles. Uh, Ethan Waugh met with reporters on on Friday of rookie minicamp. Uh, Trent Baalke's lieutenant in the front office, and he made an interesting point. Uh, he said, you know, offensive tackles have to kind of have a unique plan for him because he's just not a big guy, but he's long. And he's incredibly quick. So, you know, these six, seven tackles, having to try and get low enough to get, you know, enough contact on him, uh, it, it does give you a nice little change up, I think, for your pass rush rotation. Now, I don't think he should be the first guy in when Trayvon Walker or Josh Allen need a break. I still absolutely think they need to add a veteran, and I, I feel confident that they will, uh, w- whether that's, you know, right before training camp, whether that's, you know, third week of training camp, whether that's after the regular season opener and now the contract doesn't have to be guaranteed. You know, I, I think there's there's varying uh, timelines, but I do think ultimately they will sign a veteran edge player because I just don't think you can comfortably go in with Yasir Abdullah. It's just asking too much of him as a rookie and uh, and Caleb on chase on. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I was encouraged by uh, the agility and in the burst. What about you, Rick? You know, when I saw him, I was like, oh, boy. You know, he, he just doesn't look like an edge. And, you know, I, I mentioned the name Larry Hart, a one-time Jaguar uh, selection here going back, oh, I don't know, 12, 13, 14 years ago, a guy who uh, never did anything. And, you know, very similar in stature. I want to say Hart was 6'1", 248. And the problem with Hart is he had he had no burst off the ball. 
He wasn't strong enough. He wasn't good against the run. He just ended up being a, a bad football player. But if, if you were to take me back in a time machine and walk me out, my impression would have been, there's Larry Hart. And then all of a sudden I watched him and I was like, whoa, this kid does have a motor. He does have uh, a burst. And then, you know, on some of those one-on-ones that we saw, when he was able to get around Anton Harrison, and I don't want to make too big of a deal out of that because, you know, I always think the offensive lineman's kind of limited in those drills because they don't have pads on and you're not allowed to have any contact. But it was obvious that this man does have good pass rush moves. And, you know, he did that uh, at Louisville to the point where he led the ACC in sacks a year ago. You know, Hayes, I find myself again a little bit disappointed that he was working with Bill Shuey. And, you know, I understand that these guys will forget about more football in the next week than perhaps I'll ever know in my life. Uh, but I just think too much too soon. You know, they're having him dropping back in coverage. They're having him play the run. Uh, your point is, a, is an absolute uh, one that needs to be addressed. It's just a matter of time here. You know, they're going to go out and get themselves a veteran edge guy that I do think becomes the third option when it comes to getting to the quarterback. But if you need someone to do that, then the cross-training when it comes to a rookie like this to me is, again, putting a little bit too much on his plate as opposed to asking him to do just one thing and do it well. So I'm a little disturbed by that. But then again, I was disturbed they did that a year ago. Uh, with Trayvon Walker and you know we saw how that all ended up so perhaps I am overthinking it but I would love you know and I don't know if I'm at the point now where I want to say okay Abdullah is a pass rush specialist period Uh, but I do wonder about that I mean even Antonio Johnson on Saturday I mean we've been told that he's a box safety and we know that he got a tremendous amount of work uh, a year ago at Texas A&M, or really throughout his career in the slot, even though he never played man coverage. And on 7-on-7 and 11-on-11 on Saturday, Johnson is playing slot, and he is playing some man-to-man coverage and actually did okay. So, yeah, that's just me thinking out loud. How much is too much for these rookies defensively? Are you better off asking them to do one role and one role only or trying to make them a complete player this early in their career i mean we're talking about fifth round draft picks here not first rounders yeah no no question about it the uh we'll get a chance to see the veterans on monday uh is is everybody kind of joins the the fold here in in otas i obviously it doesn't look like evan ingram will participate as he's uh you know still negotiating and, and tagged and things like that but uh what are some things that you're going to be looking for when we're out there monday and the veterans are out there yeah, I'd just like to see them pick it up right where they left it off as far as it being a well-oiled machine. I mean, I want to see these guys running the right routes and have Trevor throw the football where the football is supposed to be and, and see the development of uh, these receivers from year one to year two. It's also going to be fun to see Calvin Ridley out there. I also think it's going to be fun to see some of these younger guys, how they're uh, progressing. I mean, what we saw with Kevin Austin during the two-day rookie minicamp was pretty impressive last year he frankly looked like he shouldn't have been on the field and he got a two hundred thirty thousand dollar guaranteed contract it it appears that he's worked really hard in that he's saying hey um i'm i'm working and before this thing's all said none it may be as the fifth or sixth wide receiver but whether it's this year or next year i'm going to factor in on this team so 
you know, I kind of like to see that. It, it, it's tough to really recognize anything on the offensive and defensive line. So I, I guess for me it would be just more of kind of fine-tuning this pass offense. How about you? Yeah, I agree. I think Calvin Ridley is going to be the star of the show, at least on, on day one for all of us, uh, because of his, his obvious talent and, and and how big a component he could possibly be for this offense as well. Uh, so, I mean, everything that Calvin Ridley does, you know, with Trevor Lawrence, I think is going to be uh, under a, a really bright spotlight. Uh, I, you know, defensively, I am intrigued to see Trayvon Walker, see if there's, is there any difference at all? Uh, and like you said, you make a good point. It, it's it's going to be hard in OTAs with no contact, but uh, and physically, I doubt he's going to look much more impressive than he did when he arrived as the first overall pick. But, you know, any any sort of signs of a nuance, uh, you know, one thing too is, you know, le- do we see any early signs of leadership. Arden Key was a big leader on this defense. I mean, it was shocking uh, at the time when he, you know, was stopping, not stopping, but, you know, calling out the defense after what he thought was a lousy training camp practice, uh, you know, early in camp. But there is there is some leadership that you lost with Arden Key, and I'm curious to see defensively, you know, who's going to pick some of that up. And uh, anyway, so I'm curious to see Trayvon and, and see if, if there's any noticeable difference uh, in in his game at all, but uh, but I think Calvin Ridley absolutely will be the star, and and you know the Jaguars don't have to open any of this up. Uh, we're used to in the past it all being open, and you could really kind of form narratives. It's hard when you go out there. I always have to guard myself a little bit because we're only seeing one day each week, uh, so we'll be out there Monday, and then we're not out there again until the Tuesday after Memorial Day. And so it's hard because you get out there and you see something good or you see something bad and you want to draw a a conclusion, but you really can't because you're not seeing the whole story. You're only seeing a chapter here and there. You're uh, you're not getting a chance to read the whole book. Now, once we get into training camp, we we get that chance and it's it's much easier to to determine who really is playing well and who really is not. But uh, but yeah, it should be fun. It should just be exciting, like you said, just to see them back out there. It's been many years since the franchise has had this kind of momentum uh, with a quarterback that everybody believes in. So uh, it should be super exciting. want to thank our sponsor one more time before we get out of here, John Spicklemeyer. Give him a call, Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency, for all your car insurance needs. Make sure you're not paying too much for your car insurance. Uh, make sure your, your your policy includes the right things. Maybe there's things in your policy that uh, are no longer you know applicable, and and John can look at that and and figure it out. Particularly if it's been years since you've looked at your policy, he can save you a lot of money. He certainly has done that with me. So give him a call four seven one seven one five five Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency. You can reach out to me on Twitter at Hayes Carlion. Rick, how can they get a hold of you? Hey, you can do the same with me. Just get me at blue b a l l o u. 1010XL. Uh, also, when we're out there, we'll be able to check the updates uh, health-wise. This is a fairly healthy or a very healthy uh, football team. We'll, we'll see the latest on Ben Barrich on a whole deal with Cam Robinson. Will he participate? Will he not participate? Uh, the NFL hasn't given us the official ruling there, so uh, we'll track that as well. But uh, for the most part, yeah, this team should be healthy and ready to go. So we'll have a full report for you coming up after the Jaguars' first practice during Phase 3. That'll be coming up on Monday. Folks, for comments, again, hit us up on the Twitter feeds we just gave you, and we will talk with you next week right here on Death, Taxes, and Duval.